0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you and thank you for joining us. And their goings, you know their fears, you know their past, you know their present and you are already set in their future. And we just ask right now that God would come and capture us tonight. That you would say whatever you want to say and do whatever you want to do and you would come and you would permeate this space. I pray for every doubter, every person who is struggling, anyone who is feeling tired or anxious or worried or afraid. Lord, I thank you that you're the God who can do anything at any moment, any way you want. And so we welcome you, God, to come into this place, to meet your people. We're your people. This is your camp. This is your service. And Jesus, we invite you and we love you. And we're grateful that you're a God who meets your people. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's open the Bible. We're going to open the Bible a little bit. I'll get to funny stories at some point. I already started out with a good one, so... (laughs) If I don't even tell a funny story, we'll go. The only funny story I have so far is that apparently my son is pooped in the bathtub tonight. That was the update that I got. So glad I'm not there. (laughs) He's one and a half for some of you who are concerned. He's only a baby, okay? Some of you are like, how old, 10? (laughs) No, he's one. And he's the cutest little guy. Who thinks my dacky boy is the cutest little thing you've ever seen? I mean, he is. Like, I feel sorry for other I hope you guys have a girl, just because I feel like it'd be hard. Just kidding. Your kid is going to be so cute. He's going to be the cutest boy. He's going to be the cutest. Okay. Or a girl. We don't know. We don't know. She'll be beautiful or he'll be adorable. All I know is he'll be loved. Or it. I think it's a boy. I keep saying it. Okay. Psalm 84. I know, it's like we're really hitting the Psalms this week, you know? Yeah, it's okay. That's what we like to say. And, and, and Keegan quoted it in his uh, part of the verse in his transition, so we know the Lord is at work tonight. Psalm 84 says this, it says, how lovely. Although I'm reading it, I love ESV, but I'm going to read it in the NIV, which is a big deal to me. But I may, I opened the ESV, I know, I know. Some of my, my interns are like a little bit shocked right now. So I'm gonna read NIV, but I might pop into the ESV and see what, it. okay? How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young. A place, where, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They're ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk, to those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts. Come on, Keegan, in the spirit, who trusts in you. I'm telling you, if you just read scripture, that is enough. I mean, you guys want us to like be circus like puppets up here and like you want me to juggle, tell you funny stories, get into the depths of the text, which I love doing. I mean, I, I, I love preaching the word because I love the word. But if you just read the slow down and read the Bible, like I'm still I can't get over the fact that I could be one who can say no good thing. Does he withhold from me? Not a single thing. That's how good our God is. I'm gonna read a bit of the ESV just because I like them both, you know, because I'm an ESV girl. Verse four, I'll start with, blessed are those who dwell in the house ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you in whose heart are the highways to Zion. That's a cool lyric. Someone should write a song. Don Yellen. (laughs) Don Yellen, get on that, okay? Uh, as, as they go through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one ap- appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed. Okay, this is the title of our message tonight. Are you ready? Blessed in the Valley of Tears. Or you can say this, I'm blessed in the Valley of Tears. Personalize it. Let's just personalize it tonight. I'm blessed in the valley of tears. I want you to say that. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed in, the in the valley of tears. What the heck does that mean? Well, I will tell you. We will get to it. But if you notice at the very beginning of Psalm 84, this is not David writing the song. This particular song, this is the song, the, one of the sons of Korah, um, which they write 11. I think it's 11 psalms, Dad. Right? 11 of the 150 psalms. If you know very much about the Korah, if you go back into the book of Numbers, I think it's number 16. My Bible might be off on that one, but go look it up. But you, if you realize, if you go back into the Old Testament, you find out Korah dies. He's killed by God. Died. <laughs> Inside joke, moving on, Bridget. But it was good, it was the perfect timing. So, so Korah was killed by God, but then and many of his family members for going against God and Moses back in the book of Numbers. So you when you come to to Psalms and you see the son, the sons of Korah are writing Psalms you're like, whoa, this is a little bit this is a little bit strange." Well, some of them became even though many of the descendants of Korah were killed, many of them saw what God had done and they become a part of the 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 writing of the book of Psalms, singing songs, bringing um, musical instruments. And so one of these 11 Psalms is in Psalm 84. But if you see at the very beginning they're talking about a lot about a destination, a home. They're talking about the sparrow needing a space, you know? Have you ever felt like you just felt like you didn't belong or you didn't have a home? Have you ever have you ever been in that middle, that in between of life? Um, I'm currently feeling like I'm in that place because um, Garrison and I are selling our house as we're building a house and we're living with my parents. And I find there's been days where I go between my parents, although I love living with my parents, built-in babysitters. Hey, (laughs) it's the best. I might not move out. Okay. Um. (laughs) So my parents and Garrison's parents live right around the corner for each other, from each other. Which I highly re- recommend for those of you who are looking for someone to marry. Find out where their in for your in-laws are. If they're really in close, if you like them, you know. Which I like mine. But if if they, it's super convenient, you know. So we, I'll find myself waking up one day at my parents' house, having to go to my old house because you know they're getting ready, or my current house is not old yet. But hey, let's say a prayer. Lord, sell that house this weekend in Jesus' name. Um, so I have to go to our house, but no one wants to live in a house with a toddler that's being, like, shown all the time. So I was like, I'm done. The house is all set. People can come and go as they please um, if you're a realtor, not just anyone, okay? So I'll have to go there because, you know, like, I got to turn on lights or something or I'll do something. And then I'll go, you know, I'll get a call or um, the I'll be like, oh, you got to come and do mirrors at your new house. We need to measure for mirror. Okay, all right, or I'll be right there. And I run to our soon-to-be house, then my child is at my in-law's house. And so then I'm going to my in-law's house all before I make it to the Lord's house, which is also my place of work, which is the church. So I, right now, like, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm going bam, 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 bam. I've never like felt like I have so many homes yet and really none at all. And so I have this, like, kind of this sense of, like, I feel at home in all these places. Like, they all have a piece of my heart. They're, none of them are bad. Like, they're all great. But I'm, none of them are, like, like this full, settled at home. And it would be easy to just get frustrated with, like, well, I don't have a home. But I actually have five. <laughs> I mean, I have five, essentially, places But if I lived in this sense that my life was all about home and I'm going to get somewhere with this because I think this has become sort of a condition of our generation and of just the human condition is that I need to be somewhere like a destination. I need to have made it somewhere. I need to have been settled somewhere. Because let me ask a real raw, honest question. Who feels like they're not where they should be in life yet? Like be real honest. You don't feel like you are where you, okay, yeah. The ones who didn't raise their hand are liars, okay? <laughs> like the Holy Spirit. Because, come on, you, there's something in our lives that just is like this deep down that's like, well, I feel pretty good, but if I had that, I'd feel amazing, right? Right? For some of you it's the right job. Some of you're just like I hate my job. If I had the right job then I'd be I, I'd be I'd love Jesus so much more if I had the right job. <laughs> no you won't. Some of you it's marriage. You know, you're like when I get married that's when all you know the heavens will open and like I will hear Jesus in such a clear way and I will never sin again. That is such a lie. Okay? And then you move on and then you're like well when I have children some of you just long for the babies, you know, and they are the best thing especially if you get one as perfect as mine but you will never sleep again. Even when you have a night away from him, your body is so conditioned to waking up, you still will never sleep again. Danielle, sleep as much as you can now. Or maybe it's, you know, education. You think, okay, once I get this, you know, once I have this behind my name and I have been able to participate in this and I accomplished this goal, or maybe it's your health. Maybe you've struggled with areas in your life or you worry about your health and you're like, okay, if I just had all these things just settled and I felt at home, then all of a sudden everything that God wants me to do and who he wants me to be is finally going to happen. And this is what I'm going to tell you. You're blessed in the valley of tears. Yes. Yes. Because what this psalm is going to tell us is not, and it's crazy because it starts out with like the sparrows and their home. And I just want, I long to be with you. My soul yearns to be with you. And then it kind of like bookends with, you know, like better's one day in your courts than a yes. thousand elsewhere. But in the middle, there's this thing called the valley of Baca. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, verse five says, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Whose hearts are set on pilgrimage? You mean my heart is not set at home? You mean my heart is not set on a destination? Wait, God, you mean like this whole thing is not about me getting, like being with you right now, but it might actually be about a journey? Like maybe maybe what you wanna do in my life happens at every single phase of it and not just ones I'm looking forward to? Whose hearts are set on pilgrimage? Who are on a journey? And I don't know about you, but I have had, you know, journeys that this like smooth sailing and then I've had journeys where it's like bumps in the road There have been detours, there's been, you know, you run out of gas, there's just like situations, there are mechanical problems, come on, there is, journeys are not always just smooth sailing. Sometimes they are, and sometimes there's things that happen, and what we have got to grasp and get our minds and our hearts around is that we're blessed in the whole entire journey, And some of you need to hear it because some of you are waiting to be blessed and God has already blessed you. He's already blessed you. Biblically speaking, he has blessed you with everything you need if you are in Christ Jesus. C.S. Lewis says this. I think it's in Mere Christianity. He says, nearly all that we call human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. That's, that's the story of humanity. Is Our story is we keep trying to find everything else and a whole time you're blessed, you're highly favored, you're anointed, you've been equipped, you've been called, He has set a path for you. It'll have some little ruts in it. Find a human who hasn't had some ruts in the road, some obstacles to get through. But what does Psalm 84 tell us that in the midst of it, in the whole of it, you're blessed? Charles Spurgeon loved Psalm 84. He called it the pearl of the Psalms. It was his favorite Psalm. It was the sweetest Psalm, he said. So see Psalm twenty four, and it's funny because Psalm eighty four is not like this triumphant psalm. It's not like it's a it's a good one. I definitely like it, you know. But it's not the one that I go to when I really need to feel like the feels, you know. I'm gonna go to like Psalm thirty two, Psalm thirty four, Psalm twenty seven. You know, I'm gonna find, you know, I'm gonna get some of the excerpts of Psalm one Psalm one nineteen. I'm gonna go in the the I'm gonna go in the deep ones like Psalm one forty five and through fifty. Yeah, you're feeling good. Psalm 100. Oh man, it's like ooh, yeah. You know, this feels good. <laughs> I know the ones that are gonna make me feel Psalm 91 when I'm scared. It's like that one feels my soul when I'm scared. Psalm 91. I'm like, <laughs> there's, you know, it's like come, come on, I, come on. We know the ones that will feel good. Psalm 84. Even though Charles Spurgeon says it's the sweetest psalm, is more of a psalm of, in a sense, of despair, of crying out. It's not necessarily a lamenting song, but. He's talking about longing, his soul longs, it even faints for the courts of the Lord. And there's this deep longing because he's human to get somewhere and to be somewhere and he's not there yet. So his soul is gonna yearn for it and long for it, which is not a bad thing. You longing and yearning for something is not a bad thing. But I'm here to tell you right now that it do- that does not mean that you're not where you're supposed to be. No longing for something is God but also not being there is also still God and I think that's something that we've got to grasp we've got to learn as in the in every season of your life you've got to learn this but here we have this psalm and it profiles a person whose strength is in God because their heart is set on pilgrimage I just like that come on that's just like so cool and the ancient Jews experienced this as they traveled to Jerusalem. This is one of the psalms that they use and they sang as they were going up to the festivals in Jerusalem. And they would sing this. The song speaks of finding springs and water in the valley of Baca. And we're gonna get to the valley of Baca in a minute. And this ever increasing strength that would come until they reached Zion. The place they, were, they had their eyes on. The place that they were heading to it paints a picture of joy in the journey not just reaching a destination psalm 84 if you were if i was to describe what it is it's it's a psalm about joy in the journey not just the destination and we have in this psalm three times the word blessed If you go, and this was funny, I did this today. If you go on, and I don't know, are hashtags even a thing unless you're like 190? Oh, influencers use it? I don't know. Okay, so if you, but it's still a thing, right? So, but remember when Instagram was like first came out was what, hashtag blessed, remember? That was like, wait, Keegan, you have that. That is tender. Keegan has a hashtag blessed. (laughs) I know. <laughs> Does anyone have a hashtag tattoo? Come on, confession—it's good for the soul. Okay, it's not a—he doesn't have a hashtag. He has blessed. He has blessed. Okay, but remember when it, it first came out? It was like every—it was kind of the joke, but it was also what everyone did. Oh, yeah, it's like everyone was like hashtag blessed, and it was always—you know—it was always like like a selfie. I'm like, oh yeah, you are blessed. That's great. <laughs> you know our beautiful scenery. Coffee, yeah, or they get something I'm like, oh my gosh, like the Starbucks, you know, when someone pays for you, it's like hashtag blast, <laughs> and it was just like all the time. Well, so I was just curious. I'm like, so I went on Instagram earlier, and I was like, I went and searched. Okay, how many like bl- hashtag blasts come up? Okay, a hundred and forty-five million posts. Come up for hashtag bless. 202.4 million more posts will come up for hashtag bless life. You know? Cause you know, cause blessed isn't enough. Sometimes you need to add. And you know that person did hashtag bless and hashtag blessed life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a picture of the mouth. Don't lie, they, I saw some of you girls out here taking photos and I was like, I heard this like little giggling and I looked outside and there were girls out there taking photos and I was laughing because I'd finished this message and I was like, I literally wanted to shout out, hashtag blessed, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm gonna go look tonight if you posted those fo- photos. Come on, it's usually, that's typically what, you know, when we think of it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like we're up at the, you know, mountains, we're, or maybe some of you went snowboarding today, or you guys were sledding, you know, and you're like, come on, it's beautiful, it's amazing, we do live a blessed life. Like, this is who we are, God has called us to be blessed people, and, um, But there's a problem sometimes because I think we've attached blessing to the wrong things and maybe we we think blessing and being blessed means tangible things and always when things are so wonderful and magical because we never put hashtag blessed when things are not so great. So my question to all of us is, what happened or what hashtag are we gonna use when life doesn't happen the way we want it to? Hashtag not blessed? But this is my argument. This is my argument, and this is the, the premise of, 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 I believe, the text and my message tonight, is that I believe that we are blessed all the time. Yes. I'm blessed in the Valley of Tears. You're blessed in the valley that you find yourself in. You're blessed on the mountaintop. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the, in the country. You're blessed in the hills. You're blessed, you know, wherever you, wherever you go you're blessed why because that's what that's what God says that's the word of God that's the promises of God for you is that if you're the people of God you are blessed we're blessed in the city where are my people I'm blessed in the fields oh we're blessed in you have to be like a church kid to know that and you had to have led Fred Hammond where are my people at Malcolm I knew you had my back come on See, so we see here in, in Psalm 84, he, they use blessed three times. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, verse four. Verse five, blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion, the ESV says, or whose hearts are set on pilgrims or, or on your pilgrimage. And then verse 12, it says, Blessed is the one who trusts in you. See, blessing here is the source of your strength and your trust. When you know that you have been blessed, you can walk in your strength and you can trust him. So my question for us tonight really is this. Why aren't you trusting and why aren't you strong? Because I think you believe blessing is attached to that hashtag moment, right? Like, I, I know I know those amazing moments of life that you wanna capture and you wanna put it on Instagram, you wanna tell everyone about it, and those are amazing. Those, those are the best, right? Those are co- become core memories in a lot of ways. But that's not the only time you are blessed. I believe we are blessed in our coming and our going. We are blessed in valleys where we're feeling low where it's desolate and barren and dry, you're still blessed. Yes. And we're blessed when we're on the mountaintop, yes. when provision is just flowing like rivers. Yes. We're still blessed. Yes. But this is this is what we have to stand on and believe is that we have we have access every single season of our life to walk in the blessing of God. Yes. We don't have to wait for a destination or a home. Yes. And by home, Fill in the blank. What is it that you're waiting for? That spouse, that job, that education, that provision, like that amount in your bank account, that type of home, that role or status that, you know, like you're like, well, when they let me preach, man, I'm going to be blessed. No, you won't. You're going to be tired. (laughs) You're going to feel a lot of pressure. (laughs) You're probably blessed more now, right? But we always we always attach blessing to something, and God says you are blessed. Hey, yeah, come on. Come on. You're blessed. How do I know this? Because He goes on into verse six, and He says this in verse six. Where's my verse six? Where's my verse? I'll use ESV because it's right here. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with their pools. Baca. Okay. This is the word "baca" in the Hebrew means to weep. The Valley of Baccah is, is, is translated as the Valley of Tears or the Valley of Weeping. There's much debate depending on translations. If you go through, it's actually a fun thing. Be a Bible nerd like me. Go afterwards, take these couple verses and go read them through as many translations as you can. And notice just the different ways of phraseology that they use because some use um, the tears and weeping, um, there's some that call it uh, the valley of drought and dryness, or, or call it a balsam tree, and the balsam tree was a tree in the desert, in the valleys, that would have, um, um, they were called, where is it on my notes, because I did not memorize that part, let's be honest, mulberry trees. They were mulberry trees, which would have mulberry berries that were able to grow in, in desolate, barren places. So depending on your translation, you're going to get a different one. But here's, they all agree on this. That this valley is a valley of tears, weeping, drought, dryness, wild and lonesome. That's what the valley represents. But yet, this valley is where springs come alive. I, I love the Bible because it doesn't even stay very long in this valley. Read it. It goes like this. It goes, blessed are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion, as they go what? Through Psalm twenty-three. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't stay there, I don't live there, I didn't camp there. It's not my temporary home. It's a it's a I'm gonna walk through it. This is the Valley of Baca, the Valley of Tears, the Valley of Weeping, the Valley of Isolation, the Valley Valley of Loneliness, the Valley of Drought, the Valley where you're feeling dry and alone. Guess what? It says this, all they go through the Valley, they, they go through the Valley of Baca, then they make it a place of springs. Do you realize that the very place that you feel dry and lonely and desolate and alone can be the very place that springs of living water start bubbling up? And what you kept cursing, God blesses. I feel like, is that prophetic word? Some of you have cursed the valley that God has blessed. And then you're like, God, why am I still here? He's like, because you cursed it. And I called it blessed. And you're not supposed to stay in that valley. I'm trying to get you through it. And you've been living and camping and and you have set up tent in the valley of tears that God said, I have always intended to move you through and springs of water will burst through it. But come on, you better call it blessed. If I ever start preaching that life is, oh man, it's just horrible and it's hard and you're never gonna make it, take the mic away from me because let me tell you something, life will happen yes. and it will be difficult yes. and you will still be blessed. Yes. And God will still do what he wants to do in and through your life. Because he brings springs out of a valley of tears out of a valley of weeping, out of a valley of dry. Some of you are like, well, I'm not crying, but some of you are dry in your spirit. You've had a drought going on for a while. And you're here this week and thank God because you want springs of living water to come and, and refresh you. And that's what happens even in a valley that was called desolate still brings refreshment. What does that say about your God? What does that say about your God? That even when you're in a valley, even when you're in a low place, even when you feel like you are to the end of yourself and the end of your rope, and you have nothing else, guess what God does? He brings refreshment and all that you need right there. Oh my gosh, I appreciate this so good. I need a break. Come on. How good is God? Yes. And yet we curse it. Wow. We complain. What do we do? We complain. Right. We get mad at God. Yep. We get frustrated. We think something's wrong with us. We start, we start like deconstructing ourselves. Amen. Like, oh, it's because I did that. And we start letting the devil tell us about our past that God already saved and delivered us from. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of the shame that the devil tries to bring on you that Jesus went to the cross completely eliminate from your life. You know, Psalm says this, that when he looked, he does not even see your sin. He was the moment you repent. He puts that thing as far as the east is from the west. They are so separated. God doesn't look at it again, doesn't think about it. He doesn't look at you and go, yep, I remember that night. I I remember. God doesn't do that. If you repent, he rushes to you. That's what that was. all last night was about. God's just like, oh man, he was just, that was probably his favorite moment of the whole weekend was people coming into repentance because he's like, there, I've been waiting for that. Okay, now we can move. But see, God doesn't look at those things what he's looking at is he's looking at where he wants to take you and he knows that there's a journey and he knows along the journey there's going to be some valleys of tears there's going to be some pain along the journey but it's never without his refreshment and never without his blessing some of you are like well that seems crazy have you read the bible have you thought about jesus going to a cross have you really wrapped your mind around that and you think and you think it's weird that a valley could still have water? But a man could go to a cross, the God man, to take and absorb all of evil and all of sin of the world and rescue you so that you can walk in freedom and you can believe that but you can't believe that God can bring refreshment to your soul in a low place? Then maybe we don't really believe in the cross. Maybe we don't really believe in the power wow. Wow. that is in the name and the authority of Jesus. C.S. Lewis had a conversation with a woman who struggled with her worry. And she, she, she worried that she wouldn't have the ability to endure Um, if things kept occurring in her life. And so there's correspondence between C.S. Lewis and this woman. And at one point, Lewis simply wrote, remember, one is given strength to bear what happens, not the 101 different things that might happen. And when will the strength you need arrive? Just in time. I know some of you might be feeling the desolation of a valley the loneliness of a valley. And you're like, well, where's my refreshment? Where's my oasis? I'm looking. (laughs) This is what I think we have to get our mind around and understand is that what you need will come to you at the moment you need it. Rarely ever before that moment. What does that make God perfect? Makes him perfect. Perfect because he knows exactly what you need at the very moment that you need it. So I can live in a desert, I can sit in a desert, in a dry place, I can be sitting there all alone, and I feel this heavy for people. I feel like there's some of you that feel, I don't know if it's just an internal loneliness, maybe it's externally, maybe you don't really feel like you have community, family, friends, or maybe it's an internal loneliness. Maybe you could be sitting there and you've been there a while, and you've been cursing it. But I don't know, maybe tonight, maybe you could sit there in that loneliness, in that valley, in that valley of tears. Maybe some of you are grieving over various things. I don't know, God knows. But maybe if you changed the curse to a blessing and you recognize that the God of all provision knows exactly what you need at the very moment that you need it. Maybe you can sit there for just a minute longer. And have you ever been in a dry desert where you, you see those weird, like, it's like you're, you're so, so dry. What's it called? What are those? The mirage. And it's like the most, it's the craziest thing, isn't it? Because you're like, oh my gosh, there it is. And then it's not. And I feel the angst of some of you who feel like you've been living in a desert looking at a mirage and you haven't gotten to the refreshment. And I feel the Holy Spirit saying right now, I'm not a mirage. I'm not a mirage. I'm not a a joke. I'm not a carrot that's dangling over you. I am an oasis in a desert. I am refreshment when you need it. I am the great I am. I'm all that you need. But I feel that the Holy Spirit wants to tell you, and my notes are like, I don't even know what page I'm on. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to call your valley blessed. You're blessed in the valley of tears. You're blessed in the valley of loneliness. You're blessed in the valley of despair. You're blessed in the valley of grief. You're 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 blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. You're blessed in the valley of waiting. You're blessed when things have not gone your way. You're blessed when you're frustrated. You're blessed when people have left you. You're blessed when that person like stabbed that, back, that, that knife in your back. You're blessed with all the things that have caused you to feel isolated, alone, dry and discouraged. You are blessed. You're blessed. but you have to start calling the valley that valley that come on psalm 84 as they go through the valley of baca they make it a place of springs they make it do you see that it's a decision it's a choice there's an act of your will What does it show me? The springs is already there. The refreshment is waiting, right? The provision is available. They make it. They step into it. They call it blessed. They stop cursing what God has blessed. They start calling on the name of God. They start living not out of their own will and desires. They start walking into the things of God. And then, out of nowhere, springs of living water start to flow. And it goes on and it says, the early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. How do we get the strength? How do we live in this? We have to, by the act of our will, by a decision that I make in a valley. It's easy to choose God on a mountaintop. it is so easy when life is like what you want it to be and it's so good and you know like you've got the good friends and you got the job you want and you got the person you've been looking at and they like like you back you know and you've been like yeah man it's like okay yeah god's with me but when the person that you have like been liking for a really long time tells you that they're not feeling it and you lose your job and you've been betrayed and you spent all this money for school, and you hate the job that you're in, that your mom helped you pay for, and you, she told you not to do it. <laughs> and here you are, and now you're like, what is life? I don't know what to do. Or you're living in debt, or you feel like you can't get out of the ruts of your life. And you're so afraid because you don't know where provision is going to come, and you don't know where your job is going to be, and you don't want, you don't have very much money. I think there are people that even came up to this camp, and you're like, I don't even know how many eat days, you know, like Sunday on. And you're living with all of this angst in your heart. And I believe this from the bottom of my heart is that God wants to come right now, but you have to make a decision that in the valley, you will call your season blessed. That even when it doesn't feel blessed, it's still blessed. Guess what that's called in the Bible? Faith. It's called faith. It's what we live by. Is that even when I can't see it, I believe it. Why? Because God says it. So, in order for me to be a mature, spiritual, God-fearing, loving Christian, guess what? I'm going to have to learn that in low valley seasons, I'm going to have to still call myself and my season blessed. I'm highly favored. I've been anointed. I've been called. God loves me. He's for me, not against me. He's a shield around me. Some of you have got to get a hold of your language and your confession. Some of you are like, oh, well, I knew it. It always happens. That's a curse. That's not a blessing. You know what a blessing says? Okay, God, that's not what I expected, but I know you're going to provide. I know you're going to come through. Because you said it. Some of you are like, why does everyone else get to do this? No one ever comes for me. No one ever likes me. No one ever chooses me. No one ever gives me promotions. No one ever gives me roles. Those are curses you are putting over your life. What does a blessed person say? Says, God, I don't know why you've withheld these things. I don't know why you've kept me from this. I don't know why I've dodged that bullet, but God, you know my story. You know what I need. You know where I'm going. And you know exactly the timing that you're gonna put things in order. And guess what? Just from the beginning of Psalm to the end of Psalm 84, it is not about a destination, my friends. It is about the journey that he has you on. There is a pilgrimage that you are on. And faithful, mature, spirit-filled Christians walk, blessed in every single step of the season. But you have gotta call it blessed you have got to see it blessed. You've got to call yourself blessed. You've got to stop cursing the seasons of your life, cursing the past, even cursing your parents or cursing other things, and you have got to start putting blessing on your lips. Blessing on your lips. Because when we bless, guess what happens? We start to see the thing that God has been, not withholding, but waiting to release. Life will have valleys, the band can come up. Life will have valleys, there will be sadness and tears, right? However, those who put their trust, thank you Psalm 84, the very last verse, but those who put their trust in the Lord will be what? Blessed. says, for the Lord is the sun and the shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk blameless. I want you to think about that and ponder that. God doesn't want to withhold anything from You, 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 you. Not your neighbor. Not just the worship team, preachers not just people you think are the favored ones. God doesn't wanna withhold any good thing from you, but it does require an action. I believe all of life's or the journey of following Jesus, I think every single act of faith requires an action. I really do whether it be confession of my lips, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a step of faith because God asks me to do something. But I think when faith comes in the room and it comes into your heart and God starts to speak something, there's, I, I don't know, dad could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 99.9%, if not 100% of the time, there's an action that's required. And I think maybe half of that, if not more than half, it's a confession action. Because when, when I can't see, when I can't see it, all I have is my voice to declare it. That's all I have. So when I can't see what God has put in my heart or what I know to be true or what I know is true about me because of the word of God, the best action I have is my mouth. Where does blessing and cursing come from? My mouth, my tongue. I have the choice to bless, to curse. And I'm here to tell you your life and your journey and your pilgrimage that God has for you, it will be one that you could only dream of if you call it blessed. If you begin to call yourself your season, your future, even your past blessed, you are going to find your pl- yourself in places that you have no business being in. You're going to go, "How did I get here?" And all of a sudden, you might remember one message your pre- your preacher preached with all of her heart that you are blessed. You're going to some of you are going to be standing I'm in front of, I I believe this, in halls of Congress. Some of you are going to find yourself at the highest levels of education. Some of you are going to find yourself with the top business people in the world. I think some of you are going to find yourself writing songs and writing books that are going to get on bestseller lists and are going to be on the top of charts. And you are going to say, how did I get here? Because I think some of you are in the room and you're in a valley right now of tears and of weeping and of despair and you're feeling dry. And one day, you're going to be standing somewhere and you're going to go, how the heck did I get here? And the Holy Spirit is going to remind you because you're blessed and because you've called yourself blessed and because you serve a good God and a good God does good things and he desires to bless you. He does not want to withhold a single good thing from you. So why? Why would you curse? Why would you spend any energy cursing the thing that God has blessed? Why would you waste a breath doing anything other than blessing and praise. Because I tell you, one day, you're gonna be standing in the very thing you have believed for and hoped for and dreamed of, and the only reason you got there, my sweet friend, is because you called it blessed. And he led you through valleys. And I don't mean to like be a downer on the very end, but this won't be your last valley. It's not gonna be your last one. It won't be your first and it won't be your last, but I'm gonna teach you a principle that has changed and shaped my life. I am a faith-filled person, why? Because in every season I have called it blessed. I am far from perfect, but I can tell you this, that in hell or high water I praise and I call God, or I call my season blessed and I, and I honor God with praise. I honestly think that's about my only secret in life. (laughs) And then he adds a few more things. The psalmist goes on and says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd just be a doorkeeper. If that's all, I'd be a doorkeeper. How did they get to that place? Because they were just in a valley of tears. They're in a dry place. But in the same song, they'd rather be, come on. How can you get from a dry place to where you are just, I would do anything, just serve you, I'd stay here all the rest of my life. You called it blessed. I believe that your life this year will look dramatically, dramatically different if you begin to be a blessing person. What does that mean? You bless with your mouth, you bless your life, You you bless others. You don't curse others. You don't curse um, seasons. You bless. When someone hurts you, what does the Bible say? Bless them. When someone betrays you, what do you do? Bless them. You know what I've had to do as a pastor's kid and being a pastor and being in a ministry, when people come and they just like, stick a knife in your back. You know what my mom and dad taught me? And it was like, oh man, that was a hard one for me. My mom and dad would sit us down and they'd make us pray for them and pray blessing. And I'd be like, bless them, Lord. And dad'd be like, do it again. I'm like, I did it. No, come on, Tracy, bless them. God, I bless them. No, come on, Tracy, bless them. Lord, I bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless their family, bless their health, bless their coming and their going. Maybe some of you are stuck in a rut because you have not blessed people who have hurt you and betrayed you. Some of you need to bless your dad. Some of you need to bless your mom. Some of you need to bless that person who spoke over you something that you have held and you have carried. Blessing is the fruit of our life if we let it. But you have to release it. You have to. The valley is not a permanent place. The springs will come but we have to take the action to begin to bless. Can you stand with me tonight? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray right now that springs of living water would bubble up in this place. New life would bubble up from a ground of desolate places. Lord, where there's a valley of death, valley of fear, valley of tears, a valley of loneliness, a valley of despair, a valley of dry spirit. I feel like there's this dry valley for some of you spiritually. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that new life would bubble up. New life, refreshment would come right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to your valley and I call it blessed whatever it is that you've been walking through. And by calling it blessed does not mean we accept every single thing of it. It just means that we know God is in the midst of it and he will get us through. And so right now, I call it blessed in the name of Jesus. I call your coming and your going blessed. I speak blessing over your life. I speak blessing over your present, your past, and your future. And I declare right now in the name of Jesus that new life would spring up. Spring up a well. Spring up a well right now in the name of Jesus. Refreshment for their soul. Lord, refreshment in their mind. Lord, I pray for those that have, have a mind that has gone away from God. I pray right now a well of living water would come and spring up. There be a washing of the water of the word over your mind and your heart and your spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare right now that you have called us to be blessed right where we are. I want you with your own lips, I want you to start calling yourself blessed. You name the things that, the valleys that you find yourself in, the things that you're still waiting on and you call your season blessed, you thank God for his his provision. You thank him for his refreshment in the midst of a desert. Come on. Spring up a well right now. Come on. Refresh your soul right now with your own with your own words and your own lips. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.